I greet you in the high and holy name of Jesus Christ, our crucified and risen Lord. Today's message is the first in a series on the unhurried life, how we can replace exhaustion and burnout with tranquility and peace. Today's message presents Jesus' recipe for rest and relief. Our scripture for the morning comes from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11, just three verses, 28 through 30. And if you're able, I invite you to stand for the reading of God's holy and inerrant word. Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated and let us pray. <coughs> Take my lips and speak through them. Take our thoughts and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you. Unless you speak, nothing of significance will be spoken. Give us your word, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, here we are on the first Sunday of 2022. Aren't you glad 2021 is over? That was one, <laughs> yes, that was one tough year. Uh, moments ago, I said an amen, a silent amen, when Chan, in his beautiful solo, sang these words, Thank God my yesterday's gone. Yes. There's no better time to turn over a new leaf than when we literally turn the calendar from one year to the next. Therefore, I hope you have made up a list of New Year's resolutions. And if you haven't, it's not too late. You could do it today. Now, some people make fun of New Year's resolutions. But folks, there's something powerful about putting in writing needed improvements for the new year rather than just leaving them to rumble around in your brain as good intentions. To fail to make such a list is to revert to the default position, which is keep on keeping on. Just be the same person in 2022 you were last year. But that runs counter to the frequent admonition in the New Testament to keep on growing in Christ. And indeed, our Methodist founder, John Wesley, had as one of his primary themes to seek, strive for perfection. Not that we're going to attain it in this life, but John Wesley said we ought to always be striving for it. And John Wesley would say to us today is, you ought to aim to be a better disciple for Jesus Christ in 2022 than you were last year. Most of our New Year's resolution involved choices. Choices about priority, 
time, and possessions. I heard about a man named Joe who was happily married to Mary for 25 years. And then Mary died. About two years later, he met and fell in love with a woman named Tilly. And they were married. Happily married for 15 years. And then Tilly died. And at that time, old Joe added some written instructions concerning his own burial to his last will and testament. He wrote, When I die, I want to be buried between Mary and Tilly. But tilt me toward Tilly. <laughs> Most of our New Year's resolutions involve choices that tilt us in one direction or another. The most important resolution we can make is to accept or renew our acceptance of the most gracious invitation ever extended from God to man. And that invitation, unique to Matthew's gospel, is the focus of my message today. Notice first to whom the invitation from Jesus is sent. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. And there's another translation that has the invitation going to those who labor and are heavy laden. My goodness, that ought to fit us this January. We ought to all qualify to be sure we're weary about COVID-19. It's harassed us now for over two years. And every time we, we're about to get control of it, it seems, some new variant breaks out. And then this January finds us frustrated because the American economy is suffering high inflation. And every time we fill up that gas tank, we can visualize a, a $20 bill just flying away. The Wall Street Journal reports that in the first 10 months of last year, 39 million Americans resigned from the labor force. 39 million. And most of the employers said the primary reason was burnout. Burnout. Exacerbated by the pandemic. And burnout is defined as Exhaustion due to chronic stress. And so perhaps all these burnout victims are the kind of folks Jesus had in mind when he appealed to those who are weary and burdened. And you know, our lives were supposed to be simplified when we bought those expensive smartphones. Oh, yes, that was going to make life easy. You know what? It seems they've turned out to be taskmasters for us. What with Instagram and Facebook and texting and, and emails forever coming our direction, bombarding us, almost commanding our attention. By the way, there is one New Year's resolution I want to recommend for all of us. Let's resolve that any time we share a meal with family or friends, that we turn off the cell phone and put it out of reach. I mean, when we share a meal with family or friends, they deserve our full attention. Don't you agree? And even the Christmas season may have left us exhausted because of the many tasks required 
or if we had to navigate some airports. Now, notice our Lord's prescription for weary and burdened folks. Our Savior offers us rest. Now, the word rest, translated from the original Greek, can also mean relief. But don't misunderstand this. Jesus is not not saying, I'm going to offer you the easy life. Follow me and you got it made. No. He does not say, follow me and you won't have any trouble. Indeed, he says just the opposite. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus does not offer us freedom from criticism or even persecution. Just the opposite. He predicts that just as they persecuted me, they will persecute you. And if you dare to stand up boldly, unapologetically, for the standards of Christ in this secular culture, I promise you, you'll be criticized and you might be persecuted. And even though there are some high steeple preachers, especially in Texas, who say that if you follow Jesus, it's a sure path to prosperity. No, folks, that's not in the Bible. Indeed, Jesus said it's hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Jesus knew that money is the most seductive false god on the earth. The rest or relief offered by Jesus is not earned by our superior morality or our strenuous efforts. There's no list of New Year's resolutions, long enough, strong enough, spiritual enough to earn us peace with God. The rest or relief that Jesus offers is sheer grace. I mean absolute gift. A greater gift than anything under the Christmas tree. Jesus says to us, in effect, come to me in humble faith, and I'll give you a new heart. I'll give you a new identity. I'll forgive all your sin, and I will adopt you as my own children. I will pour into you a stream of living water that will cleanse you of fear and despair and will funnel into you joy and peace and victory. And even if the world is slapping you down, I will make you more than a conqueror. Today, one of America's most important spiritual leaders is in need of that relief offered by Jesus. Timothy Keller is the founder of Redeemer Presbyterian Church, which is probably the largest and the most influential evangelical church in New York City. He's also the author of the New York Times bestseller, The Reason for God. Today, Timothy Keller is battling stage four pancreatic cancer, and we ought to keep him in our prayers. Recently in an interview, Tim Keller said that during his early years, he misunderstood what it meant to be a Christian. He thought that just being a Christian was being good, kind, and helpful. His conversion took place when he was a college student at Bucknell University. He began reading books by C.S. Lewis. And those books showed him the depth of his own sin. And for the first time, he recognized his need for salvation by sheer grace 
just a gift from God. Expensive to God, but free to us. And sometimes during his sophomore year, he said that he transferred his trust from himself to Jesus Christ and found real faith. And that is precisely the invitation that Jesus extends to us in Matthew 11 and hopes that we will accept. Jesus tells us how we can accept his invitation. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, there may be some young people within the sound of my voice who don't know what a yoke is. I mean, they may not have ever seen an ox. Uh, you know, in America today, uh, an ox is almost as rare as a mule. A yoke is a heavy wooden harness that fits over the neck and shoulders of oxen so that they can pull a plow or a wagon. And as a carpenter himself, Jesus would have been very familiar the way a, a young ox is trained to plow. They used a training yoke, and no doubt Jesus made a lot of them in his carpenter shop. You see, the younger animal was yoked to a stronger, older oxen. And that older, stronger animal bore the heavier end of the yoke. All the young ox had to do was to pull his own weight and stay parallel with the older, stronger animal. The younger animal had to submit his will to the stronger one. So Jesus is saying to us, if you will be humble and trainable and share with me this training yoke, I'll bear the heavier end of the burden. If you will just stay in step with me, you will find my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now notice that the word easy in the original Greek can also mean well-fitted well fitted. And there's an ancient legend, not from the Bible, but from uh, the region of Galilee. There's an ancient legend about the carpenter shop in Nazareth where Jesus worked before beginning his public ministry. And according to the legend, that carpenter shop where Jesus worked made the best yokes in the entire region of Galilee. And in those days, even like today, often the shops had a sign over the door advertising their products. And according to the legend, the carpenter shop in Nazareth had this sign over the door. My yoke fits well. My yoke fits well. When Jesus promised that his yoke for you is easy... He is saying that the yoke he has in mind for you fits perfectly. It's unique to you. It was tailored for you and no one else. It's designed by the God who loves you. It is a lifestyle and a mission that will fulfill you and bring you joy. And here's the best part. Right beside you in the yoke is Jesus himself. We are yoked with Christ who guides us with grace and power. We experience abundant life when we stay in step with the Master.
And so, on this first Sunday of 2022, I'm challenging all of us to make a decision to be yoke fellows with Christ in this coming year, to place ourselves under His powerful and graceful and loving control. Now, this is going to require us to do something that is difficult for us. It runs counter to our nature. It requires us to relinquish control. And we don't like that, folks, because most of us are control junkies. If you don't believe it, think about who who likes to hold the TV remote control at home. Yes, we like it. I... I, I confess I'm the worst offender. I just feel better when I got that machine in my hand. And I'm an expert at hitting the mute button when certain commercials come on. Especially that one from Liberty Mutual Insurance Company <laughs> showing a man with a spider biting him on the arm. Now, how in the world that sells insurance, I'll never know. But if the past year has taught us anything, it is that we are not really in control. Life has no safety zone even in America that is risk-free. Think about it. Crime is more a threat today probably than any time in my lifetime. I mean, criminals can strike anywhere, almost any place, even in our schools. And thousands of Americans have died because they took an innocent-looking pill, but it was laced with the deadly fentanyl. And that lethal drug is being smuggled across our border today in huge quantities. And even when we've been vaxxed and boosted, we're not totally safe from the virus, we find out. And even in this age where we've got the expert meteorologists and the satellites who tell us everything we want to know about our weather. Our weather can still be extremely dangerous. You just think about the people of Mayfield, Kentucky. One month ago, they were concentrating on Christmas. And then on December 10, that deadly, awful tornado ripped their town apart. No, we are never really in control. The late, great newscaster, John Chancellor, used to say, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans for the future. And in precisely a world like this, where we are not in control, God's rest and relief are more precious than gold. God's rest and relief are always needed, but they're absolutely essential when life breaks our hearts, and it will do that. A woman named Catherine Marshall discovered that truth years ago. Her beloved husband, Peter Marshall, was a native Scotsman who became one of the most dynamic preachers in America. He was elected a chaplain of the U.S. Senate, was one of the most revered men in America. But he died very suddenly of a massive heart attack at the age of 46. And his wife, Catherine, was devastated. And in the depths of her heart during that awful period, there was a strange sentence that just kept hammering away at her. And the sentence was this, my anchor holes within the veil. And she couldn't figure out 
what it meant, where it came from. She took a concordance to see if it was in the Bible, and it was not. After long days of searching, she found it. It's part of a verse in a beloved hymn that we sing entitled, My Hope is Built. And as she read the words of that particular verse, right away she saw this is a gracious message from a loving God to a woman whose heart is broken. Here are the words of that verse. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. The rest and relief that God provided to Catherine Marshall inspired her to tell her story in a best-selling book entitled A Man Called Peter. That book spread the grace of God, the good news, to people across the world. Only God is utterly trustworthy. He always wants what's best for us. He loved us all the way to the cross, so his commitment to us is absolute. The key to abundant life in 2022 is to trust him completely. Some time ago, I was passing through an airport, and I was putting my possessions on that security conveyor, running through the x-ray machines, and the security clerk was watching the process, and that clerk had posted a sign on top of his x-ray machine. And the sign said, I trust God. Everybody else I check. It was his way of declaring only God is completely trustworthy. My challenge for us today is to entrust command, command and control of our lives in 2022 to the Lord Jesus Christ to be yoked with him. Not just in 2022 but for all the tomorrows that he graciously gives us. Our Methodist founder, John Wesley, invited the early Methodists to renew their covenant with God at the beginning of every year. And for now, for over 250 years, Methodists have prayed this covenant prayer. And this prayer is still a wonderful way for us to say yes to the gracious invitation to be yoked with Jesus Christ. This covenant prayer is now on your screen, and I'm going to invite you to stand, and let's say it in unison. Let's pray it in unison. I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed for thee or laid aside for thee, exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. 
I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine and I am thine. So be it, and the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen.